This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome back to Disaster Girls. Hello, Disaster Divas. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we are taking on a Chinese disaster movie today. I don't know when the last time was we did a volcano. But we, now we're it's doing been a little while. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been a minute. I feel like we haven't done too many volcanoes recently. I feel like we've been spacing them out, especially with yeah, like, and there's been a with lot of the surface, with the La Brea of yeah. it all. We haven't had a really good volcano running from lava moment. And God, does this movie make up for that? It but does. Jordan, before we get to that, I just want to real quick, because I don't know that everybody mm. listens to the last five minutes of the episode, which let's be real. That's where the best pro- stuff is, generally speaking. Yeah, it's where the real wired wild card material comes in. Yeah, that's when you never know what's going to happen in the last five minutes. Like really you could know. get a, a deep confession. You could end up hearing yeah. an awful dating story from me. It's like any number of things. <laughs> it's true. Or sometimes we just stammer through our outro. But great news, Jordan. You know what we have that I have been talking about for Three years that we've been doing years. this podcast. Years. years. Literally years. I've had a notes, a, a, a notes app note in my phone of possible ideas. We have merch, guys. We have fucking merch. It exists. It exists. With the caveat that we haven't gotten the test sam- as of recording, we haven't gotten the test samples of the shirts yet. So I can't speak to the quality of the shirt print, but it looks pretty legit. It's from Printful, which like they're a real company. Um, and then we <laughs> they're have a real company. Yeah. So we're going to have, we've got shirts. Uh, that have our new logo. We've got shirts that just have the text logo. But my favorite thing, and I think yours too, is uh, we have, you know, we have disaster divas that I'd like to say we've canonized. They're very, they're, it's very, it's a very good item. Yeah. So we have our disaster diva stickers, which Mm. feature uh, Joe Harding, Ellie Sattler, and of Mm. course, Captain Monroe Kelly. Yes. Um, in their religious finery as premier, <laughs> as as members of the Disaster Diva canon. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're beautiful. They're so beautiful. Honestly. Yeah, they were designed by um, a Twitter friend named Danny Duarte, who has a, who's consistently makes like the best Photoshopped edits whenever one of us on baseball Twitter wants something stupid, we ask for it. He, he's, but, <laughs> I mean, what a skill. He is such a skill. I When the Dodgers went to uh, the White House after they won the World Series... <laughs> There was a photo of Clayton Kershaw standing behind the presidential podium, and on the wall behind him was George Wa- a painting of George Washington. And I was like, <laughs> "Danny, could you turn that painting of George Washington into a painting of Sandy Koufax dressed as George Washington?" Mm. And he did. I'm. I would imagine quickly too. It's so fast. So Danny made us some awesome stickers, and then we've got the logo merch. The logo merch. So if you're looking for something to get. The disaster divas in your life, or if you are a disaster diva and want to <laughs> if tell you Santa, are one yourself, yes. I, I presumably, if you're listening, you are one, and you're just like, man, I gotta add this to my wish list for whatever holiday I choose to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Well, gang, we are here. Yeah, we gotcha. you're in. You're in great luck. Yes, and uh, I guess I should probably say after all this preamble, what our uh, website address is. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's that little detail. Um, and we are disastergirls.myshopify.com. 
So disastergirls.myshopify.com. Um, and you can check that all out and get yourself some uh, some swag. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's but it, guys. That, that's you it. You can now officially outfit yourselves. You can You can rep the pod. Can you guys? I mean, come on. It's that's 2022. All I it's what people do. Who? What is your personality, if not based entirely around the podcasts you listen to? I mean, I make four, so I can't claim to have it be. Um, I can't really claim to have tons of personality outside of the podcasts that I make. It's true. When I say Jordan, it's like Jordan is three things. Jordan likes tall women. Mm-hmm. Jordan um, likes. Yeah, Jordan likes tall women. Jordan specifically has very strong feelings about Taylor Swift. Yep. And which I guess is a subset, but then yeah, Jordan subset. has a lot of podcasts. And those are like the three primary things that you need to know about Jordan. Oh, and Jordan mm. likes scary movies. And that just sums her up. And I think Sarah, friend of the friend of the show, Sarah would say that Jordan has too many movie posters. I think well, yes. Sarah is... would definitely say that there were she would definitely cast a judgmental statement on the number of movie posters that I have. Well, she also casts a judgmental statement upon the number of converse I have. So, you know, <laughs> like we we each have a little bit of an obsessive quality to our personalities yeah. um, that manifest in different ways. And in yours, it manifests in having an entire office worth of like production. She's you're ready for a production company gallery, full gallery. And then mine is having so many converse that periodically I forget which ones I have and I buy a second one by accident which is how I wound up with multiple pairs of dinosaur converse in the same pattern I mean that's just like I remember my um actually at my commencement ceremony for high school Mrs. Benner delivered the one of the teacher speeches Mrs. Benner gave a speech like every year because she was always every class's favorite and Mrs. Benner I she gave us like two pieces of parting advice the first one I don't remember but the second one was (laughs) Find a pair of shoes you love and buy them in every color. Yes. And she pulled out a string of her high top <laughs> converses <laughs> that she had tied together through the laces and like put it around her neck. So like you are just doing what Miss Benner told me to do, told all of us to do upon graduating from Canby High School in 2003. It's just smart. It's just, you know, you know what you stick with what works and uh then you get real obsessive about it. Yeah. But speaking of obsessive, should we we should talk about the actual thing we're here to talk about, which is a movie I am now obsessed with, which Sky is Skyfire. Skyfire. Oh, man. I'm so glad that you watched this. I'm a, so glad that we got to this one. A volcano disaster movie where I think the most, perhaps the most brazen invitation for self-destruction we have maybe ever seen on this podcast Oh, my God. Let's build a theme park resort at the base of, as they say, an active volcano, not Mm -hmm. a long dormant volcano. The movie's cold open is this volcano erupting. And then like even 20 years later, there is a full vacationers paradise at the foot of it. Active volcano. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the way that I described this to somebody was it's Jurassic Park meets Dante's Peak. And yeah. that's I mean, it's what it like. That's 100 percent. They or even Jurassic World where they're just like, well, you know, that went bad once. Like, yeah, eh, 20 years ago, people died. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> let's, do let's do it again. And it is God, the hubris of man. Wow. This is 
this is, I mean, we've obviously seen it on wild display in, in so many movies. That's so much a part of the genre. But this one to almost a, at baseline, satirical degree of the hubris of man to have, and thank God for this Chinese film to invite Jason Isaacs to be its not, you know, because we get a shitty corporate overlord all the time in these movies. Yeah. This is a misguided corporate overlord. Like, he's immediate. He Once the shit starts going down, he's not, like, throwing underlings into lava. He's not shoving people out of lifeboats. He's like, fuck. Like, they, they seem to be saddled with debt, him and his wife. I don't know if his... I forget. Did they, have they lost a child, or have they, they just never, not been able to have a child? They they a, did not have time for a child. It's kind that of that was sense it. You, yeah, it's that they. It's a I, you get the sense that she wants a kid, and he's been like, yeah. Well, once the resort is set, then we can have their business partners, yeah. their partners in life, and he just is like, well, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. She's at one point asked about like you know, oh, do you have kids? And like, there's this like the music changes and her face changes, and it's clearly like a travesty of a subject for her and there's a, a, an aside line when they're um presenting to people at the part like probably like final investors i think it is when he like leans over to her and he's like once we like get this clear once we close this deal like we'll be out of debt and everything will be great so like what we know about them is that they need to make a lot of money because they owe a lot of money and they have not been able to have children well He's probably decided they haven't been able to have children because they've been too busy, even though she's clearly desperate to have started a family years ago. Yes. Fortunately, though, the disaster is there to solve that problem because the <laughs> yeah. disaster is ready to give her a adopted disaster child. She doesn't know that she is in store to receive one of the great tropes in all of disaster movie time. <laughs> yes. She's about she, to inherit a child. She's just going to get a child by, by default. Yeah. Yeah. And like we have the what's funny is that the the two characters we're talking about are not the main characters no but they're very consistent this movie to me felt very much in the family and kind of in the lineage of a um like a classic 1970s uh erwin allen mm, that's mm, that mm. you know with worlds with colliding in crisis yeah like the towering inferno uh the poseidon adventure where there's no true antagonist like person who's an antagonist there's people who are not suited for the occasion yeah but like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean no, I one's a, towering, no one's a bad guy here yeah in towering inferno there's the the son-in-law who the jared kushner of it who's like cheating yeah. and you know who is who's cut corners but the owner of the actual tower he means well and he yeah. didn't intend for the product to be shoddy yeah. So that's very much like the same vibe you get here. But the mm -hmm. actual hero of the story is a geologist, which I a geologist, love. a geologist too, of course. She's was got disaster trauma. A, yeah, a disaster, uh, not orphan herself, but might as well have been because yeah. as soon as mom was eaten by the pyrocastic flow of this erupting volcano, she was left with only her father, who then sounds like he promptly and for the rest of her life up to that point, totally fucking checked out on her and <laughs> was yeah. not involved. He too is a geologist. It seems like his parents, her parents are both involved in volcanology. Somehow yeah. she has gone on to follow in the family footsteps. She is like working. She an employee of the resort being like the on-site science safety team. 
Yeah, there's the, so there's a team who is simultaneously studying the volcano Yeah, um, yeah. in a way that no geologist has ever studied a volcano before. This isn't how we do it. I don't care. I will <laughs> never, ever, ever care. I When we see Xiaomeng as an adult, and because she, the last we have seen her is screaming in the back of a car as her mother is about to die in a pyroclastic flow and her yes. father is driving toward her and he survives a pyroclastic flow in a way that no human has ever done. Yeah, so, like he first gets in a car wreck yeah. that causes his car to flip upside down and somehow that saves him. Just yeah. the car being upside down. Just from the geology standpoint of it, that glass would have been projectiled through his face so fast by the he would have. He would have been he would have been turned to dust by that glass ripping through his head. Yes, but fortunately that's not what course. happens here yeah. because we don't actually use those rules. So the the volcano only takes one of her her parents in the disaster in the in the necessary disaster trauma. Yeah. But so we meet Shamang and she is in the lava chamber. Yeah. She's in the magma chamber in a suit putting like thousand degrees celsius putting sensors so that they can get a full 3d construction of the inside of the volcano which she is like inside this chamber guys the yeah. way that frodo and Gollum are inside mordor like they are inside the fucking volcano they are like she's ground level next to this magma and it's like i don't know <laughs> i don't think that suit would cut it. There was a real like, listen, I understand that they're also like working with these incredibly advanced 3D holographic projections of the mountain with all the sensors they've laid out. But I don't think the reality index matches up with the technology of that suit, which she seems like she could go for a fucking dip in that lava. How she's yeah. gallivanting around with that thing on. That suit was working the same way that like the suits in the core worked, where it's just <laughs> yeah. sort of like, sure, those it's magic powers. It can yeah. withstand a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Why not? Yeah. I mean, granted, the technology that they're using is, again, not technology that we have. Yeah. But the things that they're accessing is kind of technology we have and do a better job of predicting volcanic eruptions. Yeah than what um their technology does because like at one point there is lava actively flowing down the mountain and they have to tell the guy who's at the monitoring station we have lava (laughs) and if i i i mean look i again only two-thirds of a geology degree but Mm. i would like to think that if we had the ability to 3d map the volcano we would know when it was erupting before it was erupting because we'd be monitoring it. But we instead... Would, well, and they make it... Like, there's, like, over a thousand sensors yeah. that they have laid down. Like, the reason they can get these really involved 3D renderings is because they have got every inch of this fucking place staked out. And also, they don't. And Yeah, and they don't. And that's and, and they don't. better because there wouldn't be a movie if they didn't no. have it staked out. Because totally. instead, what happens is that Xiaomeng is at the... Um, she she's going to go to do to look at something with some sensors. So she's going to go up on the mountain. And they think that the mountain's going to erupt. And they're trying to convince uh, Jason Isaacs that the mountain is going to erupt. And her father has come because he's like, the mountain's going to erupt. You are leaving. You are leaving now because he is a senior geologist who is not working on this team. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. You're never in my life. And he goes, yeah. OK, then I'm going to come with you. Mm. So they all go to the mountain, to the volcano to hang out on it, do some studies, yeah. check out some stuff, do some sensors. And uh, 
unfortunately, they also are going to be joined by a bunch of tourists who are doing, I got to say, there's certain movies that I'm like, I don't get why that, what the draw on that would be. Not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, it's pretty like, it's It's so cool. If you're going, if part of the appeal of this thing is like, this is an active volcano and you can like, see the power of nature mm-hmm. um that's not gonna blow up or anything they have this like state-of-the-art sealed off only goes down to like a certain height level to be protected from the heat this like little protective gondola that tourists can go into and they lower it down into the magma chamber so you can be in a fucking cavern with magma it, down you're in, below. it's technically you're in the caldera you're in Cal- so the, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. no longer in the chamber that you're in the caldera which is sort of the open mouth and so you've got the roiling lava lake below you yeah it's it's it would be if you could guarantee my safety i would totally do it if you could 30 percent guarantee my safety <laughs> i would probably go <clears throat> like yeah it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a really good idea. Yeah. And uh, also a terrible plan. Terrible yeah. idea. Awful yeah. plan. But their whole thing is, you know, this is for the experiential traveler who wants, yep. like, this could this could just as easily, in my head, I was like, I could imagine um, in the opening scene of the first season of White Lotus, I could imagine the man with the mustache giving this exact same talk of, like, it's for the, ex- we're for the experiential traveler who yeah. likes to live <laughs> yeah. on the edge. And it's like, then you, we go through the tunnel that we've created and now all of a sudden you're in a volcano. Amazing. Just as soon as we, I saw that, I knew even, even without knowing, having seen a couple of clips of the movie, I was like, we're in for something so fucking bananas because this movie is starting from the point of, hey, we're going to lower tourists into a magma, into a caldera. Yeah. And everyone's going to be cool with it. <clears throat> yeah. And that's going to be part of the appeal. Yeah. So really, it, I mean, you are. I mean, I wonder if when you stay at this resort, you're just like signing a waiver for your it's whole same, life. It's the same thing as Jurassic like, Park. It's like, how do you insure that? There's no there's no world in which you can get insurance for this. Yeah. Like, I, I have to believe that if you register to stay here, you are a real adventurer and you sign away all liability and you can't sue them if somebody dies or you get hurt because you got hit by a fucking lava bomb or something because otherwise no one can say they didn't warn you because the warning is the active fucking volcano <laughs> i mean yes you caution for- hot coffee times <laughs> a billion i mean you would think that like yes it's for adventures <laughs> except that we meet very soon into this yeah it's just family shan 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 who's like six yeah, very young. Six year old in a party dress with her mother, <laughs> who is very nicely dressed. These are not like mm. REI outdoorsy people. No. These are just people. Yeah. There I don't know what the profile of the guests who went to this resort is. Um, but I don't think that the profile matches the active volcano danger. Which right. yeah, which is again exactly like these everyone that we see who's a hotel guest seems like a lounge by the pool person. Seems like a White Lotus guest. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, I don't care though. I'm thrilled. No, I don't care at all. I don't care, I don't at, care all. at all. There, I don't need to know. And I appreciate that we don't, we we learn, we have our main core mm. heroes. We have Xiaomeng, we have her dad, we have Jason Isaacs, we have his wife. Mm. And then we have this like 
other couple. Yeah, other. Who, it's like one of them is one of the geologists, and then no, girlfriend. she's um, she's oh no, yeah, he's, he's one a, of the he's, geologists. He's, he's one of the geologists, and his girlfriend works for the resort. Um, oh yeah, she's in, she's like a local. She lives where is it her grandpa? Yeah, her grandpa lives in the village. Yeah. She works as like <clears throat> something with permitting and piping and stuff yeah. like that. So she's she works in the engineering department of some sort for the resort. And we get them as well. And then that's really it. We don't. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Shan Shan, the child. Yeah. But we don't like spend this movie gets to the eruption by minute 30. It's it an hour quick. and a half movie. And it's like, mm-hmm. we know you're not here for people. We know you're here for, for lava. Let's get to it. Like let's- It is. I as I texted Amanda last night after I watched it. It is like somehow wandering earth does not like it re- look like it required as much green screen as as this movie as Skyfire did and wandering earth takes place in fucking space like it is hilarious there is an outstanding set piece where like what was I wish I they did show some like BTS stuff at the end like they clearly mm-hmm. they made a kind of meal out of this at the end of the movie they're showing you like BTS clips around the credits and they've also made a music video for sure. the, the movie's single that presumably seems to come with it for its theme um that's very emotional at least it sounds very emotional um but there is a set piece where it's like two trams oh my god the monorail scene is so good like two trams going at high fucking speed one of them is doomed the other one's going to be safe so people are having to jump between trams and we're in full video game mode at this point you look like you are playing a video game and at one point a guy he's gonna try and make the daring jump between one and the other and instead of just flat out missing which he could have done they have him like time the jump wrong and yeah. just go straight into a metal pole and you just hear the like boom and watch his like limp body fly into the distance as the thunk sound continue was... on at a million miles an hour oh my god the thunk noise that they I, all i could really think of was the foley artist and how much fun they had with that because it was it was like you know in in titanic when the guy bounces off of the propeller yeah, yeah. It was like that. Yeah. 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 And it's and- a great the sequences because it makes sense why like the logic of that moment is they're t- sh- you know Shaoming and her dad are like okay mm-hmm. every it's a 5 second count between the poles. Yeah. So, you know, one you, we can time it. And this guy panics and just runs and jumps and just thunk and then yeah. he pays for that. He pays for that. And then it's so great good. because like m- m- every like everybody besides the guy who eats shit like they get free in the safe gondola, the safe tram. But then like the one with our heroes in it still crashes and everyone emerges utterly unscathed. Yes. Just like it's like, oh, so everyone could have stayed in this tram because it crashed exactly as it was going to. And it looks pretty okay. Like, well, it wouldn't have been if not for the geologist dude who drives his car into it. Oh, that's Remember? right. He's so which like that whole. So we have this whole other sequence. So he's going to propose to his girlfriend who, you know, works for the piping or whatever. Yeah. And he goes and he at, you know, takes her to this little grotto. And I got like that sequence. They have this underwater ballet sequence, essentially. Yeah, it's it's it very beautifully shot. So stunning. The way that this movie has these like little moments of absolute beauty in them yeah. where they just pause. It was like two, three minutes where they just pause for this beautiful sequence where, cause they very clearly can't do a love scene. 
Um, so yeah. instead they do this. And even thinking about this as a one-to-one compared to, because it kind of falls, I think, in sort of a similar spot timeline-wise in the movie to the love scene in Armageddon. Mm. Like compare that sequence to the sequence uh, with the animal crackers on Liv yeah. Tyler's stomach. <laughs> And it just is such a, it had me rooting. It was beautiful. It was effective. Yeah, it was a great moment. I was, I loved that. That between that and the watch symmetry, I just thought it was, it is a, there was a, this is a movie that has surprisingly beautiful moments and dialogue for a movie that also has guys funking off of poles. Yeah. And listen, Jason Isaacs, he'll do a lot of different kinds of movies. Yeah. He will always show up and deliver. Oh, Jason Isaacs did. is a fucking class act. He did. He didn't. He didn't have to be on set. It feels like for very many days. No. And what he showed up and did, he did well. I love you him. know. It was great when he gives that little girl the watch, and so like the there are lava bombs falling on, falling on the on the resort. Yep. And it's, the hell breaks loose with the lava bombs. Yeah. And he goes running out and he sees that she is that there's this little girl and she's, he's like, where's your mother? What does your mother look like? And she's like, she's wearing red. And he realizes, Oh, she's dead over there. Yeah. He sees like, Oh, there's her body. Okay. Mm-hmm. never mind that. Yeah. And so he, he had previously earlier in the movie told a story about the wristwatch he was wearing that when he was a boy, his father had given it to him and his father had said, you know, put it to your ear. What do you hear? And Jason Isaac's character as a child had said, I hear money. I hear money. Yeah. I hear money. I hear money, which is not the, t- tells you everything you need to know about that greedy little child. And also feels like one of those things where a parent says like their child said something on Twitter that absolutely is not true. Yeah. And it's like, no, you fucking did it. Yeah. I mean, it feels very much like the kind of story that you make up on your own when you're trying to sell something. <laughs> to and then woo just... investors as yeah, he is. Exactly. It is a hundred percent like the same way that I have told certain stories that when I'm selling jewelry that <laughs> yeah. that didn't happen and isn't true at all. But you yeah. tell those stories over and over again and you're like, that was effective that first time. So he says the thing about money and then he has the little girl. He's like, put the watch to your ear so that you don't hear anything. And like it focuses, it focuses her. Yeah. And he runs and he gets her to the dock and he gets her onto the, the fleeing lifeboat. And he's like, what do you he Put the watch to your ear. What do you hear? And she says, I hear a heartbeat. And it was just, and you can see him like, Cause he's like, she's like, get on the boat. Come with us. Get it. Cause yeah. like, like everybody's getting off the Island, you know, they're trying yeah. to get everybody off the Island. He's into this dock and, and he's like, I can't my, you know, I have to go back for my wife. She's still here. And then like, you get this lovely moment. You get the moment with the watch. He's like yeah. being heroic. He's saving people's lives. Oh my God. And then I super, I super did not expect that scene to end how it did. Did not expect <laughs> like the targeted location of that lava bomb it's straight just... up like laser precision lava bomb takes jason isaacs out we don't even get like he straight up at that point just should have got on the boat like that was what i could not stop laughing because mm-hmm. it was like oh he it's not even like he died in the act of like saving his wife or trying to find his wife he was just standing on a dock watching other people leave to safety when he was blown the fuck up. Yeah, it was it was amazing. <laughs> it was a it was a stonados level of execution. Yeah, there was no question about whether or not he survived it. Like no, it as if that lava bomb went directly vaporized. at his his head. Yeah, I mean we're just like we're pulling back. It's far away. He's got tears in his eyes. And just kapow. And it's like, wow, oh, okay. I guess we're going to put a button on a, 
on Jason Isaac's story in yeah. this movie. Hmm. It is. I mean, and it, what's funny is this is a fairly blood, like, yeah, this is a movie that otherwise we get a little bit of, we get a couple moments like that, but like all of our heroes live. Yeah, like, we, there's no we don't nobody heroically sacrifices themselves what, with our core group of five or six. We don't yeah. lose them. So the Jade. So I did not expect Jason Isaacs to be taken out like that because no, of the fact his, days, that group, his days of filming were up. Yeah, he was. He's like, I'm giving you two days. Yeah, one day is, with ash on me, one day with no ash on me. And then it we're is done. time to go. And he is just dispatched because yeah. his wife is with our heroes at this point. Right. And because and she's still alive because she has to inherit the disaster child. Exactly. She needs to inherit the disaster child. But that happens after one of probably <sighs> the most brutal <sighs> moments of consequence in these movies. <laughs> when <laughs> Shaomeng's dad, so like the they're up on a hill. They're they've they've all joined. So this group of of six have all joined, or five have all joined up. And they're on a hill overlooking the resort. Mm. And she's like, oh, my God, my husband. And she turns away and she's like, I have to go save him. And Shaomeng's dad grabs her face, hands on either (laughs) side of her head by her ears, turns her back around, hands gripping her face. Look at what you did. This is your fault. Quote, this is your arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. It was for every time we've been like, we want somebody to face the consequences of their actions. This was the most and honestly you know what this wasn't hers this was her husband and it was it was really like we got we got that in a movie where the bad guys it was their fault but yeah. at no point were they like trying to pass the buck they were never like we said we, they weren't like throwing people to their deaths to save themselves they yeah. like immediately realized they were culpable and he starts trying to save people she's going to adopt a kid like they very quickly get with the program. Yeah, and this these... movie was like, no, we're gonna drag you through the fucking dirt. Yeah, this was this was they absolutely just rubbed her nose in the mess she had made, and I felt very bad for her. I, I, I too, was, I felt bad. It was intense. It was yeah, especially since you know her husband's dead. You're like, yeah, no, it's not like she's gonna find him at the end of this. Like, fuck. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a, a rough moment, but great. Like I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was one of the most like realistic, reasonable reactions anyone has had in any of these movies when faced with a person who you can hold responsible for something like this. I thought well, it was and like, I wonder, oh. I wonder what of that, I wonder like what, if any of that is the cultural sort of specificity of China at all, perhaps yeah. in the situation where it's like, Obviously, there's a very big emphasis on the collective over the individual and the idea of like the individual Jason Isaacs, white capitalist, prioritizing his resort and the gains and the money over the care for the collective is like, you fucking bitch, how dare you put the needs of yourself and one other person above a society? Like- and yeah. now you will be punished. It's very possible. I mean, we there there are those aspects that we can't speak to as a result. Nope. But Not it's at all. it was definitely it was it was one of the most as intense as it was. It was one of the most vindicating, like satisfying moments we've had because mm-hmm. of the fact that you so often want to be able to say that to one of the main characters and you can't. And so for once, we actually had got to see and and Shaming's dad is no joke intense. So. Uh huh. There are a short list of people I don't want mad or disappointed in me, and her dad goes right to the top. 
which is really great can w- watching her like totally shred him and be oh. like you weren't fucking there for me you don't get to tell me what to do you were barely a father to me like how dare you you left me. like she lays into him yeah. and i it was an extremely satisfying chewing out well, because she's a great fucking character. Like we've gotten yeah, this far into, she's into great. talking about it, and we haven't talked about how goddamn cool she is. Yeah, she's this, very good. This was a movie where we got a doctor lady scientist mm-hmm. who wears nothing that re- even remotely resembles field gear, and I did not care <laughs> for a second. Having done field work in jeans before, I knew that you could wear like I before I knew about REI. I can tell you, don't wear jeans in the field. It's mm. terrible, bad mm. plan. You're never going to be comfortable, and you'll probably give yourself a yeast infection. It's there you go. Not a great idea. Avoid. Yeah, don't recommend. Don't recommend hiking up a sand dune while wearing jeans. Terrible idea. But she's wearing like a cool shirt, you know, t- like a button-down shirt tied at the waist. You got to be tied. Skinny jeans, moto boots and a motorcycle jacket cuz she rides a motorcycle cuz she's cool. Yes. And honestly, she's so fucking cool, guys. Yeah, and it is. It, it's I, true. It works. It works so well. I don't care. I don't care. That like if this were in any other movie, they would be trying so hard to prove to me that she's cool and she's not like other girls. They <laughs> she's don't not like other girls. We don't get a she's not like other girls at any point. She, we don't. She's get, not. And I have I've really come around on this word, mm-hmm. but she is not in its pejorative sense a girl boss. Right. No, she's just a girl who's doing geology yeah. <laughs> and looking cool as fuck while she does it like that. Yeah. I, I, her jeans, like perfectly dirty. I just, (laughs) like they were like dark gray. They, her styling in this movie, I was like, yes, give me, I would watch an entire series with this character because of her styling being so cool. That is what I, (laughs) in my head, imagine I would look like, and I will never look that cool in anything like that. Um, But beyond that, she's also just fucking great. Like she's, you know, she immediately, she's very clearly in charge of everything. Yeah. She, has this was a movie that is very rare this is actually i think probably the first that we've had where it's the main love story is dr lady scientist yeah and her bad disaster or decent disaster dad yeah her, and that's her yeah. disaster dad that is capable of rehabilitation yeah and that's this is the first time we really i think have seen something like that where we don't you're not getting which as a result because this movie is about her forgiving her father she never has to take a back seat to him and she never has to the way that we have to see in the in like the movies where it's a woman and a guy and it's like there's a sexual tension to it yeah inevitably the guy has to save her and there's none of that sense of like oh she couldn't do this one thing she needed the man for it (laughs) she just you know every step of the way she and her dad are Hand in hand, equally competent, equally capable. And yeah, equally she is brave. truly like this a, a successor to his legacy. Yeah, in science, and, and it's so great. I I loved the dynamic between the two of them, and I like I loved her as a character. I thought she was just so fucking fun. Such a good time to be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, she was no nonsense, but I didn't care. There was. She is she is basically half of a character, but she's the perfect kind of half. Of character. <laughs> and hey. This is the kind of disaster movie where everyone's going to be half a character. Right. Like not this everyone is, that is going to be This brand of disaster movie. Yeah, this is a movie that didn't have time to give us more of this character, yeah. but we got everything we knew from the fact that like she is super determined, 
they she's down in that magma chamber in the beginning longer than she's supposed to be and then she comes out and she's like cool about it yeah and then she immediately and gets also hit cool on about by... the fact that like the line broke and yeah she could have been slipping perilously perilously to her demise and she just comes out the top when they get everything sorted out and they like winch her back up to the surface and she's like <laughs> it's like wow yeah. you are very cool about this well, once you've outrun a, you know, pyroclastic flow when you're seven. Yeah, you, and you've, like, practically watched your mom die and been abandoned by your father. It's true. She's been yeah. through a lot. Yeah, and then her, her co- one of her coworkers flirts with her, and she shuts him down. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you know what? You're just cool as shit. You just care about two things, riding your yeah. motorcycle and not dying in a volcano. And I can respect both of those decisions. Yeah, that, that would be my kind of order of operations yeah. in this setting if I were her. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love, I, I appreciated that, um, I love that we get, cause like our heroes, they're outrunning disasters. By the way, I think my favorite outrunning disaster moment in this movie, and maybe in, maybe in, in many of the movies that we've watched is when this gang is in a, in a, like an SUV and they're, they're outrunning the lava. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it is so funny to me is because they are on, at a certain point, they are on flat land. And yet, this lava exposed to the elements, not in like a lava tube where it's like staying yep. superheated and liquidy. It is exposed to the elements. This lava on flat land is moving like 50 miles an hour. Yeah. This is high speed lava charging after without with nary an incline to propel it at such a velocity but this stuff is fucking racing down that mountain trying to catch that car yeah the the lava was running with like tom cruise running arms it was going so fast yes and lava like like, maxes out at 30 miles per hour and that's pushing like that lava does not move that fast i don't care that lava was actively that lava was on a mission and it was it had an agenda it had a Mm -hmm. conscience it had a consciousness oh my god the the moment like i there was a clip i had seen back when this first came out i had seen the clip of as they are yeah that was that's really the clip that we watched this for yeah so it's maybe the best moment in any film ever um i'm just gonna say generously it's the it's the best moment in the movie because it's just it's out it's outstanding the lava is coming at them. They are now at this point reversed. They're yes, it's looking reversed. head on at yeah. the lava. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the geologist guy, throws it into reverse and is driving backward while the lava is coming at them and then jumps a gully. Yep. As the, as the like, fluorescent lava splash, yep. like, jumps toward them and of course can't clear it so like they're to safety but Mm -hmm. it is it is a top tier it's like this is a what we make disaster movies for kind of moment it is like the it is the biggest of swings and i just i respect so much that they weren't just like you know they're gonna outrun it maybe they'll in dante's peak at one point i think they drive (laughs) on lava and it's like okay that's pretty good but no jumping a gully with no visible ramp yeah (laughs) yeah they they lift off like there was a a a like their evil Knievel going off a ramp. Yeah, I mean there could have been school buses in that gully. It's such a great that moment. I even when I knew it was coming, I still sat up straight and was just like, yeah, yeah, because it's very exciting. Yeah, they do then later end up in lava again and then winching <laughs> themselves 
he, the geologist younger guy who's in the <laughs> relationship with the girl, he like climbs on top of the car around the lava, which he would be dead. Um, climbs <laughs> yeah. on top of the car <laughs> and then winches the car, uses the winch to get them to safety and they mm-hmm. swing and barrel roll through lava. Yeah, yeah. Definitely barrel roll through the lava and then swing onto the side of the mountain as the lava cascades down the side a few feet from them. Mm-hmm. And that was good. That was some good spectacle, but that yeah. was not, I think that this movie peaks when we jump. Yeah, no, that is, that's, that is an, an, an outstanding moment. And it, and like you said, our heroes live, but like, that yeah. means we have to lose other people. And this yeah. movie's relationship with how it kills its characters is just so like, like Jason Isaacs getting fucking exploded on the dock in me like while that child is basically looking him in the eye <laughs> yeah. and then later uh we are our engaged couple the girl's like we have to go get my grandfather we- i can't leave him there and so they go on a quest to get her grandfather but like by the time they get to- he's like di- he's like dying like they yeah. get- like take a whole ass side mission and as soon as they get to his house he's like coughing and sputtering Maybe it's smoke inhalation. I don't know. But this man. He gets mom wasting disease. Yeah. Immediate case of mom wasting disease. Because it doesn't even matter at this point, honestly, if his house is going to get burned up by lava. That man's dying. Yeah. And and he fully says it. He's like, I'm dying. You go on. Because they they split up at one point. The the young couple, the young engaged couple splits up to go save her grandfather in the village. And and she she gets about 20 seconds with him. Like yeah. she goes all this way, risking life and limb. She's gone off. She's gone off from like going towards safety to going back into danger. And her payment for that act of selflessness is to immediately have her grandfather be like, I'm dying, leave. So they run back out of his little his little cabin and they're like the fire has closed and all around them and they're like they're like sad and they're scared but they're like embracing each other and they're ready to accept death and then our fucking hero geologist comes barreling through the flames in her truck and she oh. is gonna save these people genuinely surprised me because i thought we i did too them. i was like okay, i was wow. prepared i was sad but i was ready them. Yeah, because we had such a low body count at that. Like we had a we had a high body count, but we had a low body count of our heroes. And so yeah. I was like, man, we're gonna lose these two, and that's gonna suck. Cause I actually really like them. I like they're very sweet. They were very sweet. It was a very when she and so when they first are like they have their water ballet moment, and then she, he they he proposes to her, and she realizes she looks down below, and there's lava pouring into the grotto that they're inside of, which <laughs> yeah. It's not how lava works, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, no, the entrance that we came in through is blocked by lava. We have to swim out. And then they make it all the way out. And then she immediately gets sucked back down. Yeah. To like a drain pipe. To a drain pipe. Like there's some sort of a, an issue with she gets sucked back into a drain pipe and he has to swim back down to rescue her. And I thought we were going to lose her then. Me, yeah, I did, too. And so these couples this- were really on the razor's edge the entire yeah. time. Yeah. I was I I was prepared to lose them, but I really liked them. They were and and fortunately we didn't lose them. They made it. I was rooting for those crazy kids. This movie keeps like it 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 either kills people shockingly, like oh well I guess that's death, or it like fakes you out over and over again. Like yeah, it, like impossible to survive peril that people keep coming out of. Like dad geologist. Yes, he again. This man cannot be killed by a pyroclastic flow he has never 
it is this man too pyroclastic flows zero yeah lifetime undefeated by one of the scariest forces of nature to ever exist on planet earth yeah like in terms of the feasibility just to talk for a second about pyroclastic flows so it's not the problem with the pyroclastic flow is that it's one moving at a very fast speed and it is superheated gases so so and think of, of Pompeii, and you guys. Gashes, gas Think of those ash. people. Yeah. Flash fried. You get flash in cooked. Place. You asphyxiate, your lungs boil, um, and your body is coated in ash. Uh, even if you survive the asphyxiation of from the gases and from boiling, you're also breathing in just straight up glass because that's what volcanic ash is. It's glass. Jesus. And oh, so the I- only time people survive that there are a few instances people, some people survive Pompeii. There's some instances of people. There's a, there was a pyroclastic flow somewhere. I don't remember somewhere in central or South America that someone survived. Um, And it's entirely because it's happening on the surface. If you are generally speaking, it's prisoners who are kept in subterranean cells who have survived. Yeah. So if you're subterranean, you might survive. So if there's a pyroclastic flow, like get to your basement. Um, But that's how you survive. There are a few instances of people who have survived them. There has never been an instance of someone surviving it while crashed out in a truck. And yeah. to my knowledge, there was no instance of anybody surviving it by going into a lava tube. But that's what <laughs> yeah. that's what doctor that's what you know disaster dad does. Yeah, and I, I was sure he was fucking dead because he so had sure. to like pay for abandoning her, and yeah. we hadn't lost any of the heroes, and she like almost loses him once. He's like on the. They are like literally a bridge burns down. They're on either side of this chasm. It's like a ah, and she like has to run and he can't get across. And then he like finds his way to like he's out running danger. He ends up on like cliffside. And then, oh my God, the pyroclastic flow, it's going to get him. And she like sees him in a helicopter. She sees that he has survived after the bridge, which she probably didn't think that he had yet. She's like, we got to go back for my dad. We got to go back for my dad. They're like, we can't, he's dead. And then he finds a flare gun and he shoots a flare into the air. So it's like, oh my God, we've drawn her attention. The helicopter sees them. And then like, because this movie just throws death in your face sometimes, yep. when the when the flare goes, I was like, fuck, they had him shoot a flare so his daughter could watch him die? Yeah, because like, you see the flare and then it just developed in the pyroclastic flow. It's like, oh, Which, so that's like, exactly not where he- what happened to Jason Isaacs. Like- we get like we yeah. are fully set up to watch this man get destroyed. So you see that flow, and you're like, "Well, shit, he survived once. Like this has to be the time where he's paying the piper." Surprise! The most enduring man in volcano disaster movie history. Yes, he survives. We get and like we don't even see him get found. No, we just see him triumphantly re- like exiting a helicopter and emerge. Yeah, and. I was thrilled for this was I was never at any point rooting for him to die. No, I didn't want him to be fatherless. Yeah, he was not a bad disaster dad. He was a disaster dad who needed to step up to the occasion. And he did. And And he did. And he did. He 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 met the occasion. And as his friend, former colleague had advised him early in the movie, you have given her what she you've given her everything she needs, but not what she wants. Mm. And that and that also feels like a different 
Like, you've given her everything she needs. It's like, well, that's not true because you didn't love her enough. Right. <laughs> so she getting everything. Like, let's not just say that, like, food and shelter is enough here. Right. And so he does eventually mm-hmm. give her, he steps up and he, he does. finds, he tells her, and the heartbreaking story. So her whole thing is like, you were never there for me. You weren't there when you said you were going to meet us at yeah. the Parrot Rock. And that's why mom died. And you weren't there when I woke up in the hospital the next morning. And you haven't been there for me since. And when uh-huh. he tells her in like the third act, when they re- when they have their moment, the reason I wasn't at the hospital was because I promised myself I'd bring your mother's body home. Oh, she wasn't. Ex- I was so not expecting that. And it was such a just, oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty fucking bad. It's brutal. I mean, because you, yeah, I didn't like we don't see that moment. We and so when he hits us with that, and I was like, "Man, you know what? I'm on your side, dude. Like you might have been a crappy dad, but you you had disaster trauma. You had disaster, big time, big time disaster and, trauma. Yeah, and it's like, listen, mom wasn't ever gonna survive because she wasn't resistant to pyroclastic flows like your dad yeah, is. And you know what? You it. either have that trait or you don't. It is. It's a genetic trait. It's true. About 80% of geologists um, do actually carry the pyroclastic I feel like one shouldn't be allowed to be a geologist without it, honestly. Yeah, no, it's important. There uh, should be genetic testing for this. Yeah, they do. They do. That was actually, whenever (laughs) I say, when I say I have two thirds of a geology degree and I say it's because I don't have chem 101 and physics B and calc, it's actually because I also don't have that gene. Those do, um, those do also sound like the worst classes. Yeah, they were the classes that I was finally like, I just, I don't care. I'm not interested. I don't want to do these things. Yeah. Like, please stop. That sounds um, like really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually really like math, but calc was a problem for me. And then chem was a problem. And physics B, I just, it was on a weird day and I stopped attending class. <laughs> physics B. Yeah. And then I got the job at, you know, I got the retail job and I was like, yeah, I already have a degree. What do I need a second one for? Who am I fancy? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I trying to impress? Um, but yeah, also I don't have the, des- I don't have the gene for pyroclastic flow resistance. And you, you know what? Don't take, who want, you shouldn't be taking that risk if you don't. So I, I get yeah. it. You can't get insured to uh, do any field work if you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. You like this resort difficult to insure. It's true. It's true in so many ways. Difficult to insure. Yeah, I am. I am much like a, I am a resort built on a volcano. <laughs> Pretty to I, look at. In your wildest dreams, really, a resort built on a volcano is what you are. <laughs> That's like a real hashtag goals situation. Oh, I mean, look, sometimes you make poor decisions and sometimes you build a volcano or you build a resort on a volcano and, uh, I just, I relate to that. I I just like into my head popped the image of the the meme. That's like a, it's like a crude pencil drawing. Mm-hmm. It's like a stick figure person with like their eyes kind of closed and their head down. Just like with a red solo cup in one oh, hand and just like the gun in the other. Oh, just I don't know like this one. Holding the gun in the air to just like shoot it off wildly. And that, to me, it is the emotion of what we were just talking about. <laughs> it's a. Uh... <sighs> I love this goddamn movie. I love it's movie very so char- It's a very. It's very. It's a very endearing movie. It's a charming. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. I watched it the first time we were going to record this so several weeks ago, and then I watched it again two nights ago because I was like, "Shit!" And let me just half my notes don't make sense. Let me go back and rewatch. And it didn't make my notes make more sense. And that was okay. 
I do. You guys haven't watched it yet. It's also Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Did you see the American production company that was in association with? No. The distribution company. It's not Asylum, is it? No, it was Chicken Soup for the Soul. That I only recently learned Mm -hmm. that like Screen Media, that company is a like is under the banner of like Chicken Soup for the Soul Productions. Yeah. And I, I remember looking it up and I was like, is this some like really Christian bullshit? And it's actually not. It's just like we seek to make uplifting entertainment like like Chicken Soup for the Soul as in those fucking books. Yeah. It is a it is a media conglomerate and they make movies and or at the very least they they distribute them. And, you know, this was this is my chicken soup. <laughs> this was my chicken soup. Yeah, this this is oh, it was just I would watch. I This is going to this is going up in those ranks. This is, again, one of those things where I'm like, man, international cinema is just fucking killing it. They are giving us what American disaster movies are just not anymore, which is abject spectacle. I mean, you know, God bless abject spectacle. God bless Roland Emmerich. He's trying. The gravity waves were good, but the gravity waves were good. But Roland Emmerich didn't have anybody jumping a gully in reverse with lava. I'm just looking up. Yeah. What? What else they've distributed? I'm trying to see. They apparently have a channel. Well, Chicken Soup. Apparently, they made. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, starring Adam Driver. That's unexpected. As well as The Jesus Rolls, the Big Lebowski spinoff, huh. starring John Turturro's The Jesus. What? Yeah. What so, is their, what is their profile? Like, what I is, do that not is... know what they're uniting. Um. Well, I know that their their little about is uh. What does it say? is a fast-growing provider of positive and entertaining video content that brings out the best in the human spirit. Sure, I'll go with that. I'll go yeah. with it. I don't know I don't know how this meets that, but I will go with it. If they I... want to keep on pumping out disaster like if they want to keep bringing foreign disaster movies to the US, yeah, I they'll become my new favorite production company. Like I'm in. And you know what? Let's say <clears throat> let's put it out there. From their, from their little explainer section, the members of our team are diverse, representing many ethnicities, religions, nationalities, and the LGBTQ community. We continue to seek an even, mo- even more diversity and our, in our team and our story- storytelling as we further our mission of changing the world one story at a time. All so right. It's, it's not Christian bullshit. It's no. like, it's just like, hey, we're going to... S- like our deal will be that we're doing our best over here, and that's nice. Yeah, it's more than so you said for is. most companies that make both books, dog food, and movies. <laughs> yeah, like it. You know, it seems sentimental. Yeah. I mean, it's chicken soup for the fucking soul. Oh my god! Can you like? I remember, like, I have memories of that font. Yeah, seeing that on the front of. Of like the books that they would put out in yeah. elementary school. Oh yeah, it was. I, I don't know. Did you? We did. Uh, I did debate in middle school, and one of them, one of the debate categories was basically like memorizing a, a written piece and then reading it back. Um, which you I chose chicken soup for the soul. I did not, but consistently, 
talk consistently someone would have like there would be some kid really? who would inevitably always would read like something from chicken soup from the soul some some iteration of it like they had this at their the, their parents had this yeah and that was like their thing they memorized because it's like it was basically dramatic monologue was essentially the the category and yes chicken soup that that's the only time i've ever read or heard anything from it <laughs> i want to say there was something about like a drunk driver in one and like it was okay all over the place inevitably whenever some kid would get up there to do an overwrought monologue 90 percent of the time they were doing from chicken soup from the soul this might have been like a very specific 1998 wow. genre thing but it, it was, had to have been yeah it happened no that was and, not and my... maybe uh maybe real big in your community yeah yes what about my community i have no idea and, like it wasn't i've even... literally never seen someone do this i don't know I've this seen was it many times yeah this was like i went to multiple debate competitions where that was a thing people were doing southern i don't know california. if it's like specifically southern california Super up on chicken soup for the soul at the turn of the millennium it was it was so cheesy every single time i was just like oh because that was of course a cynical <laughs> little shit my my category was basically contemporaneous speaking so they would give me a topic and i would just bullshit i would that was that yeah it, it was it, it was a great topic it was a great category for anybody who had the combination of not enjoying doing any work in advance but also lying their asses off i is a skill set you and i both like not necessarily lying but just talking yeah. your way out of a situation great for that i somebody on twitter did once reply to me and say that they were like jordan's superpower is that she can speak spontaneously in monologues as though she is writing an academic thesis and yes. i was like that is pretty true yeah that is true that is absolutely true so that you would, would been, be my category you would have been great at this category because you're just the key with it was 100 percent just saying it whatever the fuck you're talking about with absolute authority every total time. confidence yeah 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 and when you're like in eighth grade that's not hard to do if you have <laughs> if you have like a tiny bit of self-confidence in eighth grade you are doing better than 90 percent your of head and shoulders yeah who you're competing against above and the rest yeah it was it was then i learned what actual debate club was and i was like no i'm not doing that shit yeah that's very that seems yeah. rigorous yeah, I'm not doing that's what nerds do. I want to do the one where I just get to talk for like three minutes at a time and then they tell me I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's a real the two genders moment. Yeah. I'm just like, wait, I have to study? I have to do work? Okay, but yeah, it's uh So where does that where does does that bring us to what this movie is really I think about? So once we get into the part where we go into diatribes about our childhood, yeah. that generally means that we're there. Chicken soup for the soul, you know? Chicken soup for the soul. Yes. Jordan, do you want to start? I mean, the movie is clearly about the hubris of man. Mm. Um, but to me, it is also a movie about how if your dad was not there for you growing up, uh, that's not on you. And indeed, to make it up to you, he should be willing to jump into a fucking volcano. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you need to go to therapy for you, and you need to sort out those dad issues. But you know what? He also needs to stand in front of a pyroclastic flow to prove that he's, like, worth a damn. Because you didn't ask to be here, but your parents had you. And you, your parents, are not owed 
your uh, forgiveness or respect or affection if they totally left you out to fucking dry. So yeah, jump into a volcano, dad, (laughs) to prove you love me because you have been not good enough my entire fucking life and I need a gargantuan life-threatening gesture to demonstrate that. So yeah, that's what it is for me is that like if dads aren't good enough, you absolutely can ask the worst and most dangerous of them (laughs) to start making up for it. Like just being like, I'm sorry I was a shithead when you were little doesn't cut it. You can keep asking for more and more and more because you are justified because you were emotionally abandoned as a child. I, some some guys will do a lot of stupid things instead of go to therapy. Yeah, some dads need to jump into a volcano instead of going to therapy. That's right. If you if you're not willing to go to therapy, then you better put yourself in fucking harm's way to show me that you are for real. Yeah, my dad would be so much more comfortable jumping into a volcano than going to therapy. If I could offer my dad those choices, he would jump into a volcano. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And he'd be like, "Wow, ah, it's fucking cool down there." Like he would be. <laughs> Like, there was something that went around recently, some, like, you know, article study. Um, And, of course, it was getting retweeted, like, and, hey, I'm a misandrist. Fuck fuck Ben, you know, all the time. Screw them. They're they're the worst. But this was, like, three out of, you know, whether um, given a choice between, like, sharing something personal or, like, hitting a button for an electric shock, I think it was, (laughs) or, like, talking Mm -hmm. about something. Uh, like three out of 10 women chose to share. I mean, chose to get the shock and seven out of 10 men chose to get the shock. So of course the like drag quote tweet going around was like, wow, men are the, you know, men are canceled. Men are in their flop era. They would rather do this. And I was like, you know what though? Yeah. Men are put them, throw them in the bin, like take out your trash. But also I think there is a higher reflex response among dudes. Just be like, what do you think that'd feel like? Oh, yeah. Not even as a matter of like, I don't want to share some shit. I don't want to talk. No, there's just, just the curiosity. Like, just like, no, I want the shock. Like, yeah. I'll tell you something after. But like, I, I want the shock. Like, uh, does it hurt? Like, how much of a shock are we talking? My dad would 100% pick getting shocked. And it's not because he's a fucking horrible emotional communicator. He is. It's because he would be so entertained by getting a non-lethal but significant shock just to see what it felt like. Yeah, I think that's a very much very much a dude thing. Like yeah. there is there is a there is a a several men who have willingly tased themselves or had yeah. their friends tase them just to see what a taser's like. Like yes, 100%. Yeah, the wrestling team it. in my high school they would just walk around hitting each other in the nuts. Yeah. Like yeah. They liked touching each other's bodies and I think they should have explored more of what that meant entirely, but they also just like it was like and and like whenever you would watch one of them hit the other the 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 rounds of uproarious laughter that would ensue even from the person who had just been smacked yeah every time well, it was the, the ja- best fucking the, thing the, the that had ever happened principle. every time yeah that's why jackass exists which yeah exactly i say with absolute love for that i've never laughed harder in a movie ever in my life than seeing jackass 3 jackass I, forever brought america together again for a minute oh yeah uh, it, it united us all in yeah. the shared love of watching men get their nuts destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, and no one loves that more than them. Yeah. Great no stuff. one loves that more than them. So Great like, stuff. 
this is like it, it's almost like listen if you're gonna get the easy out of not doing the long-term work mm-hmm. then you are gonna get the hardest version of the easy way out yeah and that's a volcano <laughs> how about like, you so mine's kind of the counter side to that um i'm taking one from that you've used a few times now i think this movie i don't know that they intended it to be about this but i think this is a movie about found and chosen family aha uh-huh, yeah this is a movie where, you know, the the main dynamic of the father and daughter is her coming. Not that there isn't she has an obligation to him because she is her he is her father and she mm-hmm. has to forgive him. He has to earn it and she has to make the choice to forgive him. It's true. And she has to make the choice to consider herself her do- his daughter again. Like the, the moment when she calls him daddy, he's like, you mm. called me daddy in so long. That's like a thing. The um, Jason Isaac's <clears throat> wife loses her husband finds herself an adopted daughter yep. who obviously that is going to just be her child by nature of having his watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's, there it is. That's it. Like there, well, she has his watch. So, she has his know, watch. This has been, the pact have, is made. Yeah, she might have other family, but they're not getting her. It's going yeah. to, it's <laughs> yeah. going to this woman now. Yeah, um, I've got, she's got, she's got my husband, my dad's husband's watch. Yeah, that's, that's essentially legally binding. In yeah, no, that's going to hold up in court. Yeah. Um, so you've got that. And then, of course, you know, you have the uh, young couple where she goes back and tries to save her grandfather. And he's like, I'm dying. Go leave deuces. And she moves on to the new life with her chosen husband. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a movie about and, you know, as as Mika has said, the most important thing you can do in a disaster is know your community. Absolutely. Have, have that infrastructure, the importance of a community of the people you choose to put around you, the importance of, you know, those connections is what helps these people survive Mm. um, and flourish. So for me, this is a movie about that aspect of it, about Mm. the idea that your community, the people you choose to have around you are the ones that are going to make a difference in a life or death situation. It's true. Like you said, this was Mika's number one piece of guidance. Yeah. Know know your neighbors. Know your neighbors. And in this case, you know, we you get the sense that one thing to their credit, the, the couple that owns the resort that Jason Isaacs and his wife are familiar with their employees and their workers. Yes. You do get that sense. There was never a, there isn't a classist brush off. There isn't like any of that, that you always, you get the sense that they all know each other mm-hmm. and that does save their lives. It does. And he like, he kind of almost like, he sort of like almost opts into dying. Yeah. So like he could have, he could have leaned on those, um, forged bonds, but he just kind of is like, yeah, I'm gonna go get my wife. Actually, I'm gonna die right here on this dock yeah, right he now. Was, he he had a goal. He didn't achieve the goal, but he yeah, had, yeah he but he achieve. also, to be fair, I think that at that moment he also when he's like, <clears throat> I have to stay here for my wife. I think he assumed she was dead. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that he was like, I'm going to stay. And then he just stood there. I think he'd like accepted basically. I'm going to die on this mm. island. I'm going to make the sacrifice of myself to this island that has taken my wife and has taken everything. Because remember, at that point in the movie, one monorail has crashed and the other monorail or tram, it's not really monorail, it's a tram. The other tram um, has gotten off safely and he's like, where is she? And they're like, "Uh, she was in the other train that trashed. So he thinks she's dead. So I would assume that he was more of a like, you can't tell the six-year-old, I'm going to stay here and die because I can't imagine my life without my (laughs) wife. I, I think that's true. More, that's yeah. a tough lesson. Yeah. So I think that in this case, like, 
I think that that's why he was standing there. He didn't know he was going to die at that moment. I think he had planned on maybe going back to the resort and having more liquor because he was like sitting there drinking from a decanter mm. when we reconnect with him initially. A very, a very John Hammond kind of yeah. thing to do. Yeah, I think he was no back and like spare no expense, eat all the melting ice cream sort of situation. Um, <laughs> but I think that that was ultimately his plan was like go down with the ship. He was going to ca- captain the Titanic it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I think this movie was really about. I and think, yeah. In terms of fantasy casting, Jordan, do you have any? I would, I have to kind of keep Jason Isaacs in place just because yeah. I hate to take Jason Isaacs out of an equation. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, I'm doing this on the spot, and I'm trying to think of somebody who, so, like, top of my mind, because I recently went and saw the play in L.A., uh, that's, I'm sure you've seen the promotion for it, because yeah. it's everywhere, 222. Seen it everywhere. Some sort Every, of story? Yeah, it's a very good play. Great. I went and saw it. It's extremely entertaining, uh, very suspenseful, and very funny. Okay. Um, so if you're in LA, go to the Almonds Theater and see NC222. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna like pluck a, a low-key favorite of mine who has no business being in a movie like this. And I'm gonna make that main geologist Anna Camp. Okay. I'm gonna make Anna Camp a can-do geologist who is as at home on her motorcycle as she is dangling down in a cavern filled with lava. Love it. Yeah, because I, you know what? I, watching 222, I was like, this play is doing such a good, she's so well cast. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Anna Camp has just multiple points in her career been so perfectly cast in, to a degree that, it bothers me how it seems like so few people um, know what to do with her to offer her, like, good roles. Yeah. In the way that, like, watching X earlier this year, Brittany Snow was in that. And it's one of the best things, if not the best thing Brittany Snow has ever done. The character of Bobby Lynn is a fucking star. Okay. And Mia Goth is incredible in that movie. And she is, and you know, even in so fewer scenes, Brittany Snow is, like, going punch for punch with star power mm-hmm. and it so i just want to i just want to see anna camp uh go full i am supreme scientist okay because why not why not why not let anna camp gonna, be be a scientist let anna camp be a scientist and i'm gonna make her dad uh i'm gonna make her dad old an ultimate screen dad enrico colatoni <gasps> He's such a good screen dad. Because he's fucking awesome. He's a great screen dad. <laughs> he's a great screen dad. And he looks exactly the same as he always has. Yeah. And he's so awesome. And so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Enrico Colatoni in there. And that's gonna be like, I'm, you know, <clears throat> he could have any number of supporting characters. Yeah. But basically, I'm gonna keep Jason Isaacs where he is, and I'm gonna make those two like our central emotional core Anna Camp and Enrico Colatoni. I like it. Why like not? It. Yeah. So um, I'm going in a different, I initially, my first instinct was uh, Alex Daddario, but. What? I mean, a tremendous disaster heritage. Exactly. We know she could do it. She can do it. But then I was like, mm, I, I feel like I need something. I, I couldn't figure out who the dad was. So then I started with the dad. I worked backward. So for the dad, you're going with, Disaster diva pedigree here. Mm. 
two movies that he's already done. So why don't we make it a third? Sure. Delroy Lindo. Oh, gosh. I, I, concerned dad. You can't fucking Lindo. go wrong. Can you imagine him delivering the monologue about how he was about how he went to go find his wife's body the next day? And that's why he wasn't at the hospital. God. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, this it would make this movie an Oscar worthy film. As it should be. <laughs> so we've got Delroy Lindo as the dad and then the doctor lady scientist daughter. I hope I'm saying her name right because I've only ever read it. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually heard it. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Yeah, it is Zazie. Yeah. I was thinking, because with her, I was like, I want someone who, one, most importantly, looks cool as shit I was on a say, motorcycle. Extremely cool. Yeah. Like, if we're going to care, I want that cool. I want the cool girl. I want mm-hmm. the motorcycle. I want the totally ill-suited for field work like moto boots i yeah. want all of that um and i want to see her play opposite delroy because i think that would be a really fun prickly good chemistry mm-hmm. um and then yeah like you said just build the others like that's all gonna change i don't really i'm not gonna think about the rest of them too much but the heart of the movie is these two and so that's who i'm going with i think that more than anything because i want an excuse to put delroy into something else but i think that would be a fun dynamic for the two of them i'm just gonna i'm gonna totally throw it away with the uh with the engaged couple Mm -hmm. let's just make them suitably aged hot people uh they will be sydney sweeney and timothy chalamet oh my god in supporting roles oh jeez. here in my head we've just gone straight back to like a a a white lotus vibe yeah no oh well i mean yeah sydney boom there she is but i mean like two people who never seem more bored and disgusted by the existence around them than those two as actors which like is their thing and i love that for them but god the (laughs) two of them would just judge they would they would like look at the lava and be like ugh, really i love thinking of sydney sweeney as just a townie yeah who works for the resort yeah and timothy chalamet as a geologist I like as that. As a supporting geologist. I like that dynamic. And you know what? The Basically, who he was in Don't Look Up mm-hmm. could be this character. Yeah, that's true. God, I Just forgot he was in Don't Look Up. Weirdo yeah. science guy. Yeah. yeah the, the super sneaky religious paramour of Jennifer Lawrence at the end right. of Don't Look Up. Yeah. Weird. God, that was so... Can I be vulnerable in the back of your car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in for that. I like that. I, I I could also go uh, Ansel Elsgort and Miles Teller as a throwback, and uh, they oh, yeah. both get hit. They both get hit immediately by lava bombs. Like we could do that too. Yeah, if, you know, if we <laughs> this is the American version, so we're gonna have to kill more of our main characters, where they can't all make yeah. it to the end, so they can be expendable. If this was, I wouldn't gender swap it, but I do know that if my if our main geologist was a guy, it would be mm-hmm. Glenn Powell. I know that. Yes, that's true. It would be Glenn Powell, and yeah. he would be doing Tom Cruise shit. Like yeah. there would he th- like we would th- this movie would have to get like 15 minutes longer because we would have to invent stunts for him. Yeah, he would single-handedly he would instead of it being the winch that pulls him out of the lava, he would like jump onto the land and pull the car out of the lava using yeah. hand over fist. Like Which, that is true. Yeah, that's because because it would be an American movie. It'd be Maverick but yeah. Skyfire. Yes. But it is no, you can't gender. This is definitely one where you can't gender swap. No, no, though, no. Because then no, it no, becomes no. too like rude. But yeah, I'm with you. I love that. I, I I like both of our fantasy castings on this. Um, and but also great fucking cast. Like this was there is an American. There's apparently an, a full American, not dub, but version that was recorded. They filmed it both ways. Oh, like they're 
speaking where they're English? all speaking English. Yeah, there's a version where they're all speaking English, but they felt that the so um, this is a full like China American co-production. Yeah, of some sort, and they felt that the American version, like the English version, was just a little too awkward, a little bit like the yeah. dialogue didn't feel as good. So that they seems kept- rude. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were probably aiming to do a dual distribution. Yeah, and then they were like, "No, we can't run with this American with the American version." So oh, instead, they yeah. But this is, and I gotta say, the dub on this because it was the dubbed version on Hulu. It's a great I, dub. It has a it has a sub version as well, and that's what yeah. I watched. Oh, I watched. I I fully watched the dub version, and I was it was actually a fairly good dub. So if that's like a concern of yours, it's actually a pretty good dub, all things considered. Yeah, I find I struggle with dubs, yeah. and it doesn't like it doesn't matter the language. I just or whether it's live action or animated. I, again, even animated. Yeah, where there's no fucking saying. That like, well, that person's mouth doesn't make that isn't making an English. No, that person's yeah. mouth is a circle and then it's closed. Like, I just I there's something about it. I can't yeah. ever. My brain doesn't. It's a thing I struggle with. Uh, I like Russian action movies a lot. But for whatever distribution deals, reasons, rights, things, it is much more scarce finding subs yeah. than English dubs. And I find it to be something that gets in my way of watching more Russian stuff because it really takes me out of it when I have to watch a dub. Yeah, no, I, I don't normally like me. them, but it was actually pretty, it was pretty good. Um, but I think so, Jordan, how many yeah. Towering Infernos will you be giving Skyfire? This will get a solid three for me. Okay. It's a three for me. Um, it's a, it, you, you should watch it. You, you, it is a wonderful, if you were like doing the infinite scroll thing and you've got Hulu, just click over there and watch Skyfire. You're going to have a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going a little higher. I'm a little yeah. hotter on it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I would go with like a, I'd go with a good 4.4.0. All right. Yeah. I yeah, really, I've watched it. Like I said, I've watched it twice. You've watched month, it twice. That's and an I've really enjoyed it both times. Like this is, it's a fun movie. It's a good time. It's a movie not trying to do more than it needs to. No. Um, and what it does, it crams in so much, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the best film you're ever going to watch, but man, <laughs> they pack it. it. It, they, they, they just, it's like getting a 40 piece of McNuggets. They're like, Hey, you like McNuggets? Here's all the McNuggets you could possibly want. I've really discovered that I, I, I don't seek out a vegan alternative. Okay. I love a fake chicken nugget mm. because chicken nuggets are like fake chicken anyway yeah like it's like mechanically re- reprocessed yeah. meat it's the concept so the, the of texture yeah is actually the same okay and i just think the flavor is a little bit better all right so here's me planting a flag for a vegetarian chicken nugget they're equally as processed that is true. So just go for it. I love when you get those little package of lunch meats at the store and literally on the recipe it said, like the ingredients, it says mechanically separated meat. I have never once in my life looked at the ingredient list of packaged meat for that when specific you look at, like, reason. I when it's like an the- Oscar Mayer level oh. kind of thing. And I'm not talking like a bologna, like just like sliced meat. Yeah. Like, like the the name brand, it, it, like it says mechanically separated. That's horrifying. <laughs> What a like, deeply horrifying like, sentence. They, like, Thank must you. be legally obligated to tell you that specifically. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I, I gotta be honest, Jordan, this is this is on the level of, like... Uh, threads. threads. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. <laughs> of, like, things I don't want to know any more about. 
and I don't Red need to skies. talk. Oh, don't need to know anymore. Don't want to know anymore. I cannot wait for I the. I could have lived my whole life without knowing the phrase mechanically processed separated meat. I, I cannot wait for the day when there is a recording of Disaster Girls that Amanda is not a part of. And it is just me and Vivian talking about threads. And it's a, it's a, and Amanda never listens to it. No. She acts like it doesn't exist. There's just a whole Disaster Girls episode where Amanda's like, nope. Absolutely not. It's not, that's not actually real. It doesn't I have an episode nothing. number. It's like, it's like a, a 13th floor. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It is, it is, it is Amanda's podcast that she fully disavows an entire episode of. It is the episode that goes into the Disney vault and is never seen again. It, it, it truly is. Because in the reality index of threads, everything passes the test. <laughs> and that is Let's... some true fucking horror right oh, there. Oh, no, please no. Someone <laughs> someone like used a gif from it on Twitter the other day at oh. me and I was just like, I I will That's block you. Really rude. Yeah, it wasn't like a major it was like something. I don't even know what was happening. You were tagged in it, I think too. I think okay. you were part of it. And I just I saw I was like if you say another word, <laughs> I'm going to block you so hard that you might oh. actually get kicked off of the internet. Like that, God. I, it just goes. It once it starts going wrong, it goes, I don't need it goes to so, so wrong so far so fast. Just never a world I need to go into. Just <laughs> never a never a journey I need to personally take. I think I did tell you the thing of like because it goes so far into the future, like 13 or 15 years we start seeing a generation of people who are like raised in the in the post apocalypse and they like it's so feral that they have stopped speaking yeah. discernible human language yeah and they're like so traumatized they don't talk and they yeah, just yeah and it, like they speak in like sort of like grunts mm-hmm. and and moans mm-hmm. because they have formed a new primal language great in favor of anything humans speak currently <laughs> i'm just stop. looking at threads gifts now just to stop see i won't describe any of them i'm just no. like, what's even in the selection for threads gifts <sighs> none of it's very hopeful you guys <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what this is i'm not clicking on this but like just a link to an image of an of a mushroom cloud the oh the God. name of the link is a few reviews page 140 the nightmare network <laughs> the nightmare network is what i'm gonna start calling your brain <laughs> that's that's not wrong i mean for for the things that disturb you it is a true nightmare network it's- absolutely the nightmare network it is a nightmare network in my mind oh god the fact that you're somebody who willingly is like i feel like what looking at something scary for a little bit and then just like you look up the audio of monsters i still "Ah." have that tab is still open the mass effect all sovereign quotes reaper video (sighs) i still it's a very specific video the one that's the one that's right because someone has edited together all of the quotes that he says in a conversation with another character, but they've been cut to sound like a monologue and they totally work as a monologue. And, but they have the background music stripped. Oh my God. So it's just the terrifying Reaper voice uh, telling a human being how humanity only exists because the Reapers allow it. Do you know how much money and how many hours of therapy I have spent 
specifically <laughs> to avoid feeling the anxiety that you willingly inflict upon yourself. <laughs> so many hours. So many. A lifetime of hours. Literally 20 years of therapy. Thousands of dollars. You are like the, you are the emotional opposite of my friend Vivian, who I did see threads with. Yeah. Like I have worked so hard to not have any of these feelings inside of my body anymore. And you're just like, what if I had more? Yeah. And I'm like, what if I buy her the special editions of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen? Because that'll make a nice present for her. God. Because they're her favorite movies. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just like I bought a copy of Solo because Criterion had a sale. And I was like, well, I've never seen this, so I'll just have this. And I've never opened it because I was like, I'm never in a mood to watch Solo. Until I watched it with her. We watched it together back to back with threads. <laughs> in a theater. Ugh. So then I gave I'm her never a in a mood to watch it. No, I would never. I don't even know what that mood is. Yeah, you don't. That that mood doesn't I exist in your like, lexicon. I am never like, I have a hankering for this. No, yeah. I'm like, oh, I feel like getting, you know, smoking a joint and watching <laughs> a nature documentary. Like, I have that hankering. <laughs> <laughs> never once been like i want to watch something that leaves me so emotionally devastated inside mm-hmm. that i can't actually make the words to express it yeah that like names in the case of solo names its movie chapters after like the descending rings of hell oh my god one of them is like i think the ring of shit sure so why let your imagination wander on that one why wouldn't it be yeah <laughs> So well, yeah. let's move on from this topic. Yeah, to yeah. More exciting and pleasant news, which is that we've got a very exciting guest for next week. Yeah. Our first four-timer. Wow, it's true. Yeah. He is our first four-timer. He is, you know, we don't often get to say that, like, there's a, a there's our disaster divas. And then there are the people who I, I'd like to think, like, if we were, in, we're like the SNL of podcasts where, you know, mm. you join the five timers club. So we're having a four timers club as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And we've got Van Lathan coming back next week. And it's almost like it's almost like movie agnostic. It's like, well, Van's going to be here and then you'll get what you get. Yeah. I will. We, we've run out, officially run out of uh, of Roland Emmerich films for him as our chief Emmerichologist. Mm hmm. So we've had to move on to the next best thing, which is it of is course, really it's the next in the line of succession for sure. Yeah, a Michael Bay film. Mm-hmm. We're tackling Armageddon, and man, that movie gets me emotional. So this is going to be a lot. I I'm so excited. I don't so I I can't wait for this. I'm psyched to talk about it with Van. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun one coming on the heels of Skyfire, which you know I think there are similarities, and we'll do that next week. Yes, I mean it's been evoked in this very conversation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we've got we've got we've got Armageddon next week. The fan, but in the meantime, which obviously like streamable, you guys can find Armageddon. Yeah, I have full faith in you guys. You can find Armageddon. Um, but in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru J O R C R U. You can find the Feeling Scene podcast, uh, where recent wonderful episodes include Paul Feig, uh, top the top tier disasters diva himself, Rahul Kohli. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, Just good stuff. Good interviews over on the feeling scene pod. So go check that out. Yeah. Great stuff all the time over there. So many hours of good Jordan stuff. Yes. Thank you. And then of course I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. Um, And then we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disaster girls pod on Instagram. We're disaster girls pod at gmail.com. 
We, again, I have no idea what to do with it, but we've got a Reddit, our disaster girls. And as we said at the top, we now have merch. Yes. So if you want to get yourself something for the holidays, go ahead, treat yourself, get yourself some of that good stuff. Again, I have no idea. Like we will have a better report next week on the quality of the shirts (laughs) once they arrive. Um, But I feel pretty confident about them. And I definitely feel good about the stickers and the mug and stuff like that. So check it all out. Um, and then of course, rate and review us. If you get a second guys, it's always super helpful to us. Yes, please do. Yeah, please. Um, but in the meantime, we'll see y'all back next week for Armageddon with Van. For Van Lathan Hour. Yay. Bye. Bye everybody.